1: Gods, I love these musical fanfics that Westworld does.
0: I know. Me too. But actually, I had a question, sir. Hmm. What do you mean by musical
1: fanfics?
0: Seriously? Yes?
1: Okay, so A, you just lied and agreed with me, even though you didn't know what you were talking about. And B, the cover songs, the way that they use the Westworld piano to cover songs and that's like the soundtrack of the show
0: I do enjoy the piano and that was originally why I said yes I loved it too but then I thought about it more and it seemed like you meant something specific with the musical fanfics and I'm, 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 I'm seeing that yes I was correct in that second analysis
1: mm-hmm. do you want to yeah. just
0: start the show and you can explain
1: yeah okay all right Hello, I'm Justine Mastin, LMFT, Yogini, writer, researcher, and captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I'm Larissa Garski,
0: LMFT, writer, researcher, Spockian, first officer, and I only like EDM music
1: or some of the 80s ballads. Hmm. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. Yes. So seriously, you never noticed that 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 piano music sounded strangely familiar? I wish that I could
0: say that yes, I had noticed. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a podcast of truth. (laughs) And so I (laughs) (laughs) I must be honest and say that like there was the occasional like the shogun scene. I vaguely recall being like, "Huh, this sounds familiar." Um, and honestly, other than that, I was like, "I just love this piano. This is
1: wow." Because like I, a huge part of the fun for me and my partner is because sometimes it is hard to tell what the song is until they get into the into the hook, and mm-hmm. so we'll sit there and be like, "Ooh, what is this? What is this?" Because it's always something. Like it's, it's always something. And we'll be like, I think this is, I think this is the Rolling Stones. No, I think this is Flaming Lips. No, I think this is the Pixies. And then it gets into the hook and we're like, ah, I was right. or You were right or whatever.
0: This is not your experience. No, I, this could be like a whole trivia thing. It probably is on trivia back when we did trivia before, you know, the whole. Pandemic situation. Um, yeah, no, I've never noticed that. Other than, like I said, the Shogun thing. Um, but it, it that would really add to the viewing
1: experience here. <laughs> I feel like now, when we're ever allowed to be together again, and I mean, I guess we could do it virtually too. But like that, we need to start back at the beginning. Yes. And rewatch because they've done this the whole time. <laughs> I'm learning this for the first time today.
0: And here's the thing, listeners, you might think you're like, Larissa, you're not watching this show or you're not reading about the show. But here's the thing. I am. I do both those things. But apparently the rock music aspect of it just went right over my head. (laughs) Okay. It'll be good to rewatch together because I feel like it'll be like
1: an educational experience for me. Because I'll just keep pausing and I'll be like, do you know this song? (laughs) And I'll be like, no. (laughs) And then we're going to have to like do this over a long period of time because I feel like we're going to have to pause and then play the actual song. Yes. No, that'll be important. And then go back and play the Westworld song. Yes. Similar to
0: the way that like I missed out on most of the films of the 80s, it also would appear that I missed out on most of the rock music.
1: I mean, that's possible. Oh, yeah. I do forget that I'm older than you. Because I feel so young and sprightly. I mean, you are. You are both those things, sir.
0: Um, But yeah, like I remember and this is so sad, but like I think I was like 10 or 11 when I discovered the Goo Goo Dolls and I was like, oh, this is like punk rock. And the, here's the oh. thing: their early stuff was more <laughs> punk, but there, it's it's not. It wasn't hardcore. What I'm trying to say, but I didn't know that then. <laughs> <laughs> Just the small sparkling, illegally uh. downloading music
1: <laughs> on Napster. Was that <gasps> Napster time? It, it, I think so.
0: Mm. Yeah. We've really, we've, we've gotten off the beaten track. I mean, where this is, we're obviously talking about Westworld today. Um, but we're talking about more. The
1: Westworld we ducks.
0: That is the title that we mutually agreed on. <laughs> <laughs> and by mutually, I mean you insisted and I gave in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, that's what compromise looks like. We're both half happy. Actually, I'm entirely happy, and you aren't very happy, which makes half of a happy. Well, I mean, half is better than none. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we realize that it's it's been a long time since we talked about Westworld for a whole app. We often bring up the Westworld construct, like that's that's pretty standard fare. Yes. But as far as having a whole ep devoted to to Westworld, it felt like the end of season three mm-hmm. was the time to revisit. And just blanket spoilers, friends, we are going to be talking about the entirety of season three today. So if you have not completed it and you don't want spoilers, Mazel, come back and see us when you have completed the show. Yes,
0: we'll be here waiting for you.
1: In your subscribed podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Westworld we Ducks. Are you going to say that like every 10 minutes? Westworld we Ducks. <laughs> you know, what comes
0: to mind when you say that is a combination of Daffy Duck, I think. And for whatever reason, people who like had people have had very strong uh, feelings about season two versus season three. It seems mm-hmm. in the mainstream media. Um, There are those who really hated season two. There are those who really have now hated season three. There are those who feel strongly (laughs) that like one is better or worse than the other. Seems like we all agree that season one was good. I have to admit that I like all three of them.
1: I also do for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Like I think, I think Westworld has done such a nice job of embodying the Westworld construct, right? Yes. They are not married to any particular construct. They are like, well, let's, let's change venue. Let's change these rules. Let's, let's Mm -hmm. do something different. And I, like, it's jarring and I don't like it, but I also do like it. That's beautifully said and it was not where i was going but i think
0: it's so much better than where i was going and i applaud you i also want to take a (laughs) moment to define the westworld construct just in case we have some new people here perhaps folks who are like i have hated every other fandom you've ever talked about but westworld that's the one for me if so (laughs) welcome we're glad you're here and hope you enjoy the show when we say westworld construct we are talking about the fact that most of what we take for granted as social reality is in fact invented and created. So like um, our economy completely created the idea of capitalism Mm -hmm. created race, what we mean when we talk about race created our gender binaries created. So the Mm -hmm. Westworld construct first and foremost invites us to kind of shine a light on the fact that these things are created. And then once we understand that, we can start to question them and we can really start to think about whether or not these things fit for us.
1: That was beautifully succinct. You have, you've really like boiled that down to a, to a pearl. Thank you. And now I I Mm -hmm. give it
0: to our listeners. And I also have to acknowledge that the reason it is a pearl now is because the captain and I have spent so much time writing a book and it's, it's gonna be great and we're so pleased and proud of it we can't wait for it to come out um, but as part of that book you just you have to spend a lot of time rewriting the same thing mm-hmm. and there is a particular chapter that we have just spent a lot of time with um, and as a byproduct of that I can just define the Westworld construct just like that <laughs> just, just Bob's drunk exactly there it is <laughs> and yeah so like you're right it is jarring in the show itself the way it it changes times and plays with genre like characters actual consciousness literally goes into different bodies that are then Mm -hmm. kind of um sort of under the control of other social norms and things
1: Yeah, and it's just like real life, we like shit to be the same. It, I'm mm-hmm. going to throw another term at you, which is homeostasis. We gravitate towards shit that feels familiar, mm-hmm. right? And so when we like a show, we're like, I want more of this. Like, I want more of these robots in an amusement park.
0: In the Wild West
1: in the wild west i mm-hmm. i want to see more of that and then you start questioning that construct you start poking at that construct and saying actually the robots are self-aware and they're turning on the people in the park and you're like eh, mm, that doesn't feel homeostatic i don't no. I don't like that and then you take that a step further and you're like they have exited the park and now they're in the real world and you're like step too far friend step too far. My homeostasis has been shooketh and I'm out. And I think that's part of what people had the issue with because it shakes me too. It takes me a minute to be like, okay, I guess this is happening now. Okay, I guess this is happening now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and if you don't have that awareness of the pull of homeostasis, you just recognize that like something feels bad and you don't like it.
0: Sure. And it feels bad because it feels different.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. I remember seeing the ads for season three and I was like, okay, what? So we've got Aaron Paul and he's a construction worker Mm -hmm. in the real world in the future. And like, it's like, now we're introducing new characters in the third season. What's that about? And I don't know if I'm going to like this if we're out in the real world and we're not in the park. Sure. You know, I hadn't
0: like really kind of zoomed out and thought about that. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great point. Um, Because like when I think about season one, I think a lot about the video game Red Dead Redemption. Mm. And in fact, the opener of the OG Red Dead Redemption, it is you on a train kind of listening to... Like other, other people kind of like picking each other apart and looking at like the different social hierarchies that are starting to form in the West as things become sort of more populated, a little bit more gentrified. And it's very similar, in fact, to the way that Westworld season one opens. And I do think a yeah. fair amount of people, like, as you said, like part of what they got used to was like, oh, this is a live action video game. And so we're, like, critiquing live-action sure. video games here. And we're playing with the idea of, like, what if the characters, like, fought back, but for real? What would that be like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and kind of played with the reality of that in a really fun way. And then in Season 2, you still have some of the video game aspect, but because you're, you're shifting, like, between different genres of games, you're shifting time, it's really starting to play with the whole construct. And really inviting you to, like, zoom out and question all of this as a whole. And then season three is, I mean, in lots of ways, it's really noir. It's not a video game anymore much at all, I think. It's far more this, like, dystopian noir hybrid.
1: Yeah. Um, what I loved about season three, mm-hmm. one, once I got over my initial feelings of, like, we're out of the park. I don't like it. Uh <laughs> that's right because i remember you were like
0: i'm not sure about episode one because i don't know if there's any park at all in episode one no there's no park at all in episode one it's just just noir and dolores again playing
1: with this like femme fatale archetype yeah and aaron paul like just living his life I was like, thanks for this look at this dude I don't care about. Like, I don't know. Because I I will, I think, forever
0: associate Aaron Paul with his character Jesse on Breaking Bad. I mm-hmm. automatically feel so bad for him. <laughs> I have so much empathy <laughs> and compassion for this character because my fandom attachment has completely transferred from the character he embodied mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad to this guy. And I was like, oh, no, what's happened to him? He's had a hard life. He clearly has some PTSD. This therapist he's talking to
1: doesn't seem that good. It's doing CBT <laughs> with no emotion. That's never going to work. But once I started getting into season three, I, there was some stuff that I, that I really loved. And the thing that I loved the very most, and if you are a longtime listener or if you are my client, you will know what this thing is. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Say it with her, folks. <laughs> it starts with an I. It <laughs> ends with an yes. S.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> there is a moment in season three when William goes into a mental institution of some sort. Of some sort. And he is given some drugs so that he sees all the parts of himself. It's IFS IRL, and I loved it.
0: Yes, you did. It made you very happy. It
1: sparked so much joy for me. I was
0: confused, uh, like preemptively, or I was preemptively concerned based on what you told me about the episode. <clears throat> and then when I watched it, I that concern became full bodied in that there was no therapist in the house that I could tell.
1: Fair, totally fair.
0: Which like, as I saw it progress, I was like, oh, it makes sense, though, because he's not totally in treatment um he's just been drugged and then the treatment facility seems to just be collapsing around him because right. of what think Dolores it was a has done. purposeful
1: intervention. Yeah.
0: No, that's well said. It was not a purposeful intervention, but it was a great example of the different parts that comprise William the human being. Mhm.
1: Yeah, and I I just I loved it cuz we got we got William as a little boy, and we got a little bit of William backstory, which fucking of course he comes out of abuse and trauma like i that's that's like family therapy one o one uh <laughs> and then we we get to see young handsome william um and we got to see Black hat and uh we got to see the the part of him that he where he internalized his father-in-law.
0: Yes. And
1: I I thought that was just beautiful. You uh Larissa and I chatted about this a little bit after the ep. Like what was the deal with the father-in-law? Mm-hmm. And I really I feel like you know, in internal family systems, which is all about the different parts of ourselves, we talk about internalizing other people's voices. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely, there can be parts of us that are internalized parent figures, right, who just kind of show up to say the shit to us that those people used to say to us, right? You know, we took over being our own oppressors when they stopped being oppressive. Yeah. And, you know, based on what we see in that episode, it does seem like
0: William, William, William's father figure is problematic to be, I suppose, the most neutral and diplomatic about it. Um, mm-hmm. To like be a little bit more blunt, William's father seems to be of the violent alcoholic variety, mm-hmm. um, who is both verbally and physically abusive to him. And then when William grows up, he finds a partner whose father very much continues the work of his biological father. Yep, and that then is the internalized father part that is embodied. In this Mm -hmm. therapeutic IFS journey that he goes on solo.
1: Right. And what we discover, which is actually, which is great, actually, because so many times when people talk to me about the parts of themselves, they say, I just want to get rid of it. I don't like this part. I want, you know, get this part away from me. Yeah. And that's not the goal of ifs the goal is not to get rid of parts of ourselves it's to integrate parts of ourselves mm-hmm. and since william did not have this information nor did he have a knowledgeable facilitator for his experience uh-huh. there was there was nobody there to say hey let's ask little boy you what he wants to tell you like what's going on here actually you know what? this is a great moment
0: i think Let's kind of really spend some time here. How would you have interacted with William if you had been his therapeutic facilitator?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, um, this is this is a great question. I, I've, I haven't thought about it, but let me think about it now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to imagine that in, in this future reality, I can also, through the magic of futuristic technology, see his parts as well. Yes which would be so cool mm-hmm. <laughs> cuz you would then you would be sitting in the circle. Right, I'm sitting in the circle. Mm-hmm. And then I could say, you know, uh in in IFS oftentimes we use the language of the you that's talking to me to mean the mm-hmm. self. Sure. Because the, it's all you, but you know, I'm talking to the, the you that's talking to me. So I would say, "William, the you that's talking to me, it seems like this little boy part has something important to tell you. Oh, sure. You know, how do you feel about hearing what little boy part has to tell you? And
0: I imagine that he would say something along the lines of, I don't care. I don't want to be here. I don't want to hear what he has to say.
1: To which I'd be like, you know, (laughs) that feels like another part and not yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But for the sake of
0: argument. Yes. Well, I mean, like, because I think William's self is this like the self that it seems like he has access to in season three is Mm. like what's coming up for me is like it's very much like the shadow warrior side Mm. like it is active it is angry it is about doing and it doesn't have and like so like this this leading self that he's got going on it doesn't have time for all these other parts and feelings he's like i gotta save Mm -hmm. the
1: world I, I hear you. I hear you, William. Um. <laughs> I, I love this. This is great. And that, all, that all makes a ton of sense to me. And it seems like these parts are here, whether you want them to be or not. And maybe they could help you save the world if you would let them. Or at least they'd step out of your way and let you save the world
0: if you would just listen to them. See, and I think, yeah, I think then he would have a, you'd have a little bit of buy-in
1: there. Mm-hmm. Right, he's like, I don't need any help. I'm like, well, but maybe you need them to step back, because it seems like you have some traumatic memories that are impeding with your ability to move forward.
0: Sure. Not the least of which is the traumatic memory of his daughter whom he violently murdered at the end of Season 2.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he seems to have found some forgiveness for himself by the end of the season.
0: Maybe. I am very curious to see where they're going to go with with William here. I mean, um, he's dead now. No, in the after credits, he, he goes, oh, that's right, he is dead. And his like, his. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Sorry. I had very much like gone ahead and just fused him with this new... Android William?
1: No, I mean, we we could have a com- whole conversation about consciousness, but we could the the William who was talking to me is dead. <laughs>
0: yes, so going back to like to like complete the arc of this sort of like pseudo what if therapy session that we had going, yeah, that would be a way to get William Spine to try because the goal, as I've understood it from you, who's actually going through mm-hmm. IFS training, is to help the self talk to the parts.
1: Yes. And the parts can talk to each other too. Mm -hmm. Because when
0: you have parts that are exiles or alienated totally from the self, that's when you run into all kinds of problems because then you have parts trying to protect the self from the exile. And all the exile wants to do is to connect to the self because ultimately the idea is that every human wants, every, every human wants to heal.
1: Mm Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that would probably be the most generous reading possible of human William and why he then,
1: I mean, literally kills all of his other parts. Except for father-in-law. And if we're using an IFS lens, which we are. we've been doing for the last 10 minutes, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I would say that, that that part, he's blended, his self has blended with the father-in-law part. Cool. And so father-in-law part kind of thinks it's the self or has convinced William that it is the self. This feels
0: like advanced IFS, which I am obviously not familiar with. Like, can you, can mm-hmm. you speak more about this blending that happens?
1: Yeah, it's in simplest terms. It's like when, when you turn inside mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm trying to access my, you know, self, my authentic self. And. Some part of you comes forward and says, I'm the self. And you poke at it a little bit and you're like, "Mm," you think you're the self, but the self is somewhere else in there. Like at some point, some people like lose access to, to the self Mm -hmm. and, and a part comes in and is like, I'll drive. Someone has to drive. I'll drive. Sure, And it's usually some kind of like managerial part like take control type part sure and father-in-law is absolutely a take charge part
0: yes absolutely
1: you know so i could see him coming in and being like show no weakness mm-hmm. uh, be strong don't let anybody hold you back this is this is self this is your identity this is who you are
0: sure and so maybe after a while that that like managerial part is driven and things have calmed down to a certain extent perhaps in the self feels like it's safe enough to come out and then perhaps that would be when the opportunity for this fusion, which it sounds like is not what one wants can happen Mm -hmm. because manager part is like, I've got this. You just got to join with me, man. And we can Mm -hmm. keep all these other parts away or separate or not
1: integrated ultimately. Right. Yeah. Don't listen to them. Yeah. Listen to me. You can't trust them. You know what this kind of like this
0: is also making me think of, because we talked in our last episode, we used the example or the analogy of an orchestra and that the self is the conductor. Mm-hmm. What I imagine is having been an orchestra for a number of years in my uh Spock youth, I imagine the first violin being one such manager. Huh. First year violins who often have a very
1: mm-hmm. solid opinion of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That feels like it was really a measured remark.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It certainly was. Um, I'm trying to lead with my highest self right now. But And I can even remember, like, I can remember times, when, like, maybe our conductor was late or we had a sub or something. And, like, the first violin would try to step mm-hmm. in.
1: Yes. Uh, that, is, that is a great analogy.
0: And take yeah. over and lead. And it would, like, it would kind of work, but also kind of not. Because, like, the rest of us were kind of like, who are you, man? You're just the first violin. you're not that much better than us. And the first violin was like, yeah, I am. You need me. I'm the fucking melody. Um, To which then we were like, oh, you have a point. And so we would sort of work together, but it wasn't the same. Mm -hmm. But then if this had gone on for a while, like if the conductor had been like sick for a week or whatever, then she would come back and you would see this kind of like battle between the two.
1: Right. Where have you been? I've been running this orchestra. Right. I, and I do a really good job, maybe better than you. Mm hmm. And
0: you know, if you didn't have a very strong, in my case, Russian conductor who wasn't going to take any crap from anyone, (laughs) you know, maybe you would go the way of William, where yeah, he's like, all right, father-in-law, let's let's manage it. it. We'll do it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it becomes my way. Mm -hmm. This was a great advanced class in IFS. I feel like.
1: I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I hope that listeners have not completely tuned out. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I hope not too, but this is part of like this is this is what we do though
1: mm-hmm, yeah, i mean friends this this is a very much a, a look into a, our day to day conversations and in the therapeutic
0: process when it's fused with fandom and like we you know we we use fandom to mm-hmm. talk about how do different therapeutic processes work
1: yeah and um that's not where the ifs stops for westworld just i'm gonna say one more thing about ifs right now um i appreciate the way
0: you clarified that
1: i don't want to make future promises that future me can't keep right Um,
0: that's how we go down the road of shame exactly (laughs) we want to be careful about the promises we make to ourselves and to Mm -hmm. others
1: yeah Dolores also split herself up into parts
0: yes she did and one of those parts pulled a real William's father-in-law on her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I'm Dolores. I'm Dolores now. Um, and I think, like, the the accepted name for her is Haloris, Right. Because uh, sh- her name was... Hale. Hale. Yeah, Hale. Haloris, mm-hmm. yeah. And now it's Haloris, But yeah, now Haloris mm-hmm. is like, I'm the one. Step down. Step aside.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, and... I guess, we'll call herself Self Dolores, for sure. lack of a better help keep him cheated. Yeah. So Sel- Self yeah. Dolores got literally
0: destroyed. Yes. In part by Holores, but also in part by uh, that French guy. That French guy. Ciroc. Ciroc. Yep. He's like, it sounds like his last name is the name of a vodka. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah what do you think about sir i felt like they
0: couldn't they couldn't get anthony hopkins to come back sir anthony was at his villa with his cats with whom he plays <laughs> the piano
1: <laughs> He is a goddamn delight
0: and sir anthony was like you know i'm just not coming back best of luck lisa joy
1: um, he's doing that show about the two. He did that show about the two popes on Netflix, right? He did the, and
0: that was enough work. You know, he got sp- spent mm-hmm. some time in Italy. I hope, and he that's he's he's done now. You know, he's he's taken a rest, and so they were like, okay, we can't get him. Let's get another sort of like vaguely European old dude who reads like a sage. <laughs> <laughs> because one of the many downfalls of patriarchy is that we've come to identify like the wisdom archetype with an old white dude. Hmm. The more vaguely European, the better in America
1: yes, get us a frenchman mm-hmm. that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna read exotic, but not scary exotic right. we don't want to go too far
0: <laughs> uh yeah, so needless to say I, I think I saw what they were trying to do, and it didn't quite come together for me
1: yeah i I could not I could not get excited about Sirrac. I was like, what's your motivation? what's your deal? (laughs) And they tried to give it to him with the whole like war,
0: and then they wandered for a long time with his brother, and they wanted to find a way to end the endless wars. But then it turns out that none of their equations ever worked, so then why did he keep going with the whole Rojaboam thing? (laughs) And yes, listeners, the only reason I pronounced that correctly is that I wrote it out phonetically on our script sheet that I have in front of me. (laughs) Otherwise, I would not have... Pronounced
1: it right. Uh, I mean, I mean, the pronunciation <laughs> is a little fuzzy because if we're going from the ancient Hebrew, I would need to look at the Hebrew to tell you what the appropriate pronunciation would be.
0: Sure, this is more like colloquial 21st mm-hmm. century American pronunciation that I did accurately. So
1: yeah, on the whole, a win for me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't need to dip our toe into the ancient Hebrew right now. Not today. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't get excited about him. And by extension, I mm-hmm. felt like his unexcitedness rubbed off on Maeve. I agree. and I, Yeah. like,
0: And I love Maeve. Maeve is one of my I absolute favorites. But I, but I felt and I, I kept texting you this as we were watching the mm-hmm. show that like, what is Maeve doing? What is her motivation? Like, it just felt like mm-hmm. they kept restarting her character from season two. And here's the thing. I like daughters and children, and the love between a parent and a child is beautiful. And and yet they did that arc in season one, and again in season two. And I felt like mm-hmm. they just restarted her back back at season two, but then there she was in season three. And I I didn't like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like I I love her, and I loved see or episode two of the third season mm-hmm. when she wakes up in war world but it turns out that she's just yes. in her pearl mm-hmm. um and and she literally says something to the effect of this is all a construct and i l- yep. fucking lost my mind
0: this is all a construct uh, none of this is real
1: yeah <laughs> and i was like oh my god
0: she said it. She said the thing. And true story. You had watched it before me and you were like, yeah. you, you, you're going to love it. You're going to love this line. And I totally missed the line because she delivers it right after her friend is like, he's, he's like bleeding out. And I was just, I just couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> focus on her words. I was thinking about that dude.
1: Um, mm-hmm. But then I went back and I rewatched it and it's great. Yeah. It, uh, I was just like, this is the thesis. This is all of our work in one moment and you were like, I missed it. I missed it. Where was it? And
0: it's a testament to just uh, what an amazing person and captain and all around friend that you are, that you were like, okay, it's all right. We can watch it again later.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I love, I love that whole thing, how she, notices that she Mm -hmm. is trapped in a construct and she questions that reality and then it starts to fade away it was Uh, just like a fandom example of exactly what i'm talking about and i was like this this will be in one of the classes that i teach someday yeah um
0: for real and people will love you because you'll assign them an episode of television to watch
1: I'm going to assign a lot of episodes of television. Well, I guess I'm going to show a lot of clips of television. <laughs> um, so I, they'll probably still like me. Probably. <laughs> You're very charismatic. I mean, I, to be fair, some people find me a bit much. Well, to them, I say no,
0: thank you. <laughs> <laughs> First officer out. Um, <laughs> but continuing with Mae for a moment I think and I, mm-hmm. I, I reflect on this a lot I think what I wanted for her arc um, I would have been okay with the way Sorak is trying to use her and I wanted Maeve to question a bit more sure. the the darker sides of motherhood because one mm-hmm. of the things that patriarchy has done is it has weaponized motherhood and it uses it as a way to
1: keep women stuck
0: Mm. and keep women you
1: you, yeah you wanted her to question that construct
0: yes I wanted to question the construct of motherhood which she was given right like that was just assigned to her Maeve didn't choose her her daughter she didn't choose this identity initially it was all just given to her just like everything else was assigned um, she eventually makes a decision that, like, for her, this is her daughter, this is her child, and she's going to fight to the ends of the earth for her. And I think that's beautiful, mm-hmm. the way that she uses the realization of, the, of this particular construct, this particular creation, and claims it for her own. Mm-hmm. She reclaims it. And I thought it would have been nice in season three for her to look at the ways, like, look at the darker sides of it. And what a beautiful vehicle to do it through Serac, who is using her by dangling her daughter in front of her right and it just yeah it was like almost there maybe that mm-hmm. was a blind spot for lisa joy or something yeah
1: i mean i love i loved all the moments that may have got to be a badass
0: of course
1: which is amazing i loved mm-hmm. her in that suit when she was in war world it was amazing mm-hmm. it's a great suit um yeah, But yes, I wanted her asking more questions yeah. of, of both Serac and herself. Yes. And if she had done
0: that, that would have given her more to do. And so I, I would have believed it a little bit more, that realization that she has. And she and Dolores have a beautiful moment in the mm. last episode of the season. Um, And I, I sp- like the last two episodes before it, I was like, come on, Maeve, like, can't you, why aren't you thinking outside the box with this thing with Dolores? Why are you assuming that she's, Definitely going to be awful, and I and I think I would have bought more that she would have maybe missed that or not have been like shining the light of the Westwood construct on that if she was doing more to question the motherhood construct. Mm-hmm. All that being said, her and Dolores, man,
1: Oh, uh, I mean, a Evan Rachel Wood, Chef's Kiss,
0: yes, always mm-hmm. that she human. Is. She is. I mean, mm. obviously, like awards aren't based. They aren't awarded based on merit, mm-hmm. and so who knows what award she will or will not get. But she certainly deserves
1: award recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, yeah, she's wonderful. Um, and I d- I loved their scenes together, and uh, and Maeve talking about how we weren't friends, like our our stories didn't intersect we were in different stories sure and i was like oh god that's beautiful but just because we're in different stories doesn't mean we don't
0: give a shit right well and part of what's happening right now and i hadn't considered it until this very moment when you said that Mm -hmm. um because most of the time dolores is in the body of a a blonde white woman Mm -hmm. and Maeve is in the body of a african-american woman Mm -hmm. and in some way that's true british a british african woman who made it to the fake american new world of the westworld amusement park (laughs) it's so complicated it's so complicated and the and the way these two like they weren't friends and how you're giving voice to that in in some Mm -hmm. ways it is kind of an analogy of the struggle of intersectionality between Mm. women of color and white women
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's so real i don't know that that was what the writers intended but that is certainly there yeah and the ways that eventually they do find they
0: have the opportunity to come together and talk about the different ways that they view the park the different ways that Mm -hmm. they see the world of humans and and the possibilities and they reach a shared understanding. But initially, yeah, like so many things are working together to keep them apart. Not the least of which are Westworld constructs around gender, ethnicity, race, social class.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Because in the park, initially, Mm -hmm. when we meet them, right, um, Dolores is the farmer's daughter.
0: Right. And a poor landowner, but a
1: landowner nonetheless. And that was important. But still a landowner. Mm -hmm. I mean, she clearly doesn't need to, like, she spends her time going to the market and painting. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And Maeve
0: is a madam.
1: Is a madam. Mm -hmm. And she's working hard.
0: Yes, she is. (laughs) And there's that piano that apparently was playing all those cover songs. Can't but I utterly you didn't missed. Know that. It's
1: amazing we've come full circle. I I mean that is that is so unbelievable to me. <laughs> like true story, friends. Uh, I I wrote our little intro that we always do a little intro
0: mm-hmm.
1: about how we both loved the the music, and Larissa was like, "What are you talking about?"
0: Yeah, no. So then we like changed it to riff on <laughs> the fact that I, I had no idea what Justine meant by the fanfic musicals. But, and, but it is, it's a great example of Fan fiction, because mm-hmm. it's taking something like these original rock classics mm-hmm. and repurposing them to fit in this, this new context, mm-hmm. which sounds great. Is great. I believe you. And now I can bring this new awareness <laughs> mm-hmm. to the show. Oh. Not unlike the way that the Westworld construct can help us bring new awareness to that which we are already familiar.
1: Oh, you know what I love? What? I, f- I feel like we have wheelie Westworld we ducks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we sure have. And right on time for your tap class.
1: Yep. <laughs> when when we finally get a patreon going i will upload video of me for patreons
0: oh my god
1: tap dancing
0: people will love that <laughs> i know it in my heart um all right i feel like we're ready because we've we've done our pearls mm-hmm. um our gems for today to briefly talk about i guess terms yep um, we talk about we talked, oh, no surprise, we talked about IFS, Internal Family Systems <laughs> Therapy.
1: We talked about family. Which yes. No, which I've started calling in this arena, uh-huh. Internal Fandom Systems. Eh? You think it'll catch on? Uh, I don't know, but I'll put it in the liner notes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I say it first, it's mine.
0: That's, I mean, that. Yeah, we'll we'll save a discussion about the copyright law for another day. Um, (laughs) We did some talk about family systems therapy, specifically the idea of homeostasis. Um, We Mm -hmm. didn't specifically name drop narrative therapy, but Westworld constructs. So questioning our social reality is absolutely foundational to that therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. And we only talked about the Westworld fandom today. I don't think we talked about any others. No, we stayed in that. Mm, Breaking Bad. Oh, that's true. That's true. We did talk about Breaking Bad too. Okay. Touche. We
1: so, I mean, we were so close, but this was an Aaron Paul joint. So, yeah, so I mean, you can't you can't have an Aaron Paul without the Breaking Bads.
0: <laughs> and I guess he did He didn't break bad in in this show. He broke good. <laughs> Cuz he starts bad, but then he goes, okay, we're time time to be done.
1: No, this is great. I, I love this. And I loved his friend that was the construction robot. Oh yeah, because I just cannot get enough like droid type creatures that I can put feelings onto.:
0: Yes.: You do love the droids. Uh,
1: I do. I love I love a robot that that doesn't really have a personality that I can like assign a personality. Like, it has a little bit of one, but I, like, assigned his buddy a whole bunch of characteristics that were not in the show.
0: Oh, wow. We'll have Mm -hmm. to discuss that later.
1: Yeah, and then when his buddy fell off the scaffolding, I was like, no!
0: (laughs) You really do an excellent job of, like, co-creating the narrative of whatever media you're consuming.
1: I guess it's a skill? A talent? A gift? Uh... All three. Hmm. We may be at the helm of the ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. He hasn't watched season three yet. <laughs> Join us for our next ep on John Wick and the importance of animals in our lives. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the very best way that you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends. And as always, live long long and and prosper.